Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It's amazing to me how the songs that we hear or sing as little children affect our theology and our view of God. It's also amazing how quickly those songs come back to you. You may not have sang a song for 30 or 40 years, but when someone starts playing it on the piano, it's like it just comes right. How many of you know that? There's songs that you heard when you were a little kid. When I read the text that I'm going to be sharing with you today, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh within us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I thought of a song we used to sing in church. Any of you remember the song, He is Able? Now, we just sang a new song, He's Able, but there was an old song that we used to sing, and I'm not going to sing it for you, but it would said, He's Able, I know the Lord is able to carry me through. Do any of you remember that song? Terry does. I see a few. He's able. Some of you who were showing our age a little bit. It says that he healed the brokenhearted and he set the captive free. He made the lame to walk again and he caused the blind to see. He's able. He's able. I know my Lord is able to carry me through. I want you to hear me clearly today. We serve a God who is more than able. Here's what the word says. It says that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly far above anything that we could ask or think. He's able to do exponentially more. You know, sometimes we think, boy, it'd be cool if God could. It'd be neat if God would. The word says that he's able to do exponentially more than you can even ask or imagine. I don't know about you, but I can ask or imagine for some pretty cool things. But the word says he's able to do more than that. Let me just share with you some things from the word. He's able to save completely. Hebrews 7.24 says that, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who have come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for us. Let me just take a few minutes. I'm going to brag on him. This is what I've experienced. I don't know about you. When I start bragging about Jesus, his presence always shows up. When I start talking about him and how good he's been to me and how faithful he's been and how he's delivered me and how he's came through in the past, again and again, his presence begins to settle down and you begin to feel the weight of his presence resting upon you. Let me tell you some more things that his word says. He says he's able to keep you from falling. And presents you faultless. Jude verse 24 says, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forever. Amen. You know what? He's able to keep you when you're being tempted. Hebrews 2.18 says that because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He's able to bless you abundantly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 
Friend, I could go on and on and talk about from his word and tell you the things that he's able to do. According to his word is able to make you wise. His armor enables you to stand. We could talk about he's able to forgive all of your sins and how he's able to heal all of your diseases. We could talk about how one drop of his blood, just one tiny speck of his blood, is able to wash away every bit of guilt, every bit of sin, and every bit of stain in your life. It doesn't take a lot. His blood is able to wash you just the smallest drop of his blood. I could brag about how he's able to open up prison doors. I could tell you how he's able to take a heart of stone and replace it with the heart of flesh because he's done it for you. I could brag to you again about how he's able to take a sinner and turn him into a saint. I could tell you about how he's able to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Friend, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above all that you and I could ask or think. Can I ask for you to dream? You and I, we could dream about a lot. We could think about a lot. We could imagine a lot. But the Bible says that God is able to do far past, exponentially beyond what you could dream or imagine. I declare to you today, I was preparing my message. God impressed on my heart that you are going to see it with your eyes. You're not just going to talk about it. This is his promise. He says that whenever we preach the word, he will confirm his word with signs following them. That's what the word says, that he confirmed his word. As you brag, as you tell people of the promises of God, he will bring it to pass. Friends, you're going to see God do the miraculous in your life. He's going to do far beyond what you could ask or imagine. I'm telling you, we have those miracles that have really taken place in our midst. On July 23rd, 2016, many of you know Roy who attends church here. He wasn't attending here in July of 2016. On July 23rd, 2016, seven doctors stood around Roy's bed with his family. And they said, Roy... You have less than two months to live. If you make it two months, you will be lucky. Roy had nothing to do with God, had nothing to do with God. And he said that after the doctors met with him and talked with him, he said that when, it, when he, it, he was in the hospital, and he told me this this week, when he was in the hospital in the middle of the night, at two or three in the morning, a man would walk into his room, open the door, and shut the door behind him and come and sit down in the chair beside him. And he would talk to him about being ready. Roy didn't understand, be ready for what? He had no idea what he was supposed to be ready for. Roy told me that before that, the way he lived, he never even thought about being ready. Ready for what? But as the man talked with him, he began to understand his need. The amazing thing is is that later on, whenever Roy asked the nurses who this guy was that would come into his room late at night, None of them knew who he was. None of them had seen him. Later on, he started volunteering at the hospital, and he went down into the chaplain's office. And he said to the chaplain, I want to talk to this. Roy called him a man of the cloth. He said he seemed like a man of the cloth. He come in. He never told me his name, but he'd come in. He'd sit in a chair, and he'd talk to me about getting ready. He would come in at 2 o'clock in the morning. I was here for a week. He would come in almost every night to talk to me. And they said, we don't have anybody 
who goes around here at 2 o'clock in the morning. Unless someone calls specifically for them to come. We don't have anyone. We don't know what you're talking about. But Roy said that man came to into his room for about a week and prepared him to meet God. He's not here today. Roy is traveling around the country, catching up with his children, catching up with his family. Last report that he got was from the doctor was on October 16th, 2017, several weeks ago. Roy was supposed to be dead last September. They said, Roy, there's no signs of cancer in your body. Today's technology could not detect any cancer anywhere. But more important than that, Roy's life was changed in ways that he never thought possible. We met Roy. He was dying. Asked me to go down and see him and visit with him. He was dying. He had two months to live. And when we prayed for him, I thought, well, prayed that he wanted to give his life to the Lord. And I thought, well, you know, we didn't see him for a long time. I thought, well, I guess Roy didn't, you know, I don't know if he really gave his life to the Lord. I don't really know what happened there. I'm not sure. And then he shows up here one week and he said, Pastor, it's amazing what God does. And I don't know about you. I don't know if it was an angel that walked into his room. I'm a little leery on things. I'm just natural. I'm a little pessimistic. But someone came into Roy's room at two o'clock in the morning and talked to him about his relationship with God. Roy's supposed to be dead. He's supposed to be dead now, cancer-free. He's just like on a permanent vacation. He's gone to Arizona, gone to Florida. So we serve a God who is able. Daniel chapter 3 records the account of the three Hebrew children. They'd been carried off into Babylonian captivity along with David. And they were placed in positions of leadership in the providence of Babylon. But one day, King Nebuchadnezzar gets the idea to build a golden image 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. He gathered the people and he told them that when they hear the music play, they were to bow and worship this image. If they didn't, they would be thrown into the blazing furnace. So the music starts and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refuse to bow and worship. Now people go and tell the king, those three Hebrew guys that you put in charge of the province of Babylon, they're rebelling against you. They're not bowing in worship like you said. So King Nebuchadnezzar is furious and he calls him to come to him. And he tells him, listen guys, I'm going to give you one more chance. But if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you into the fire. And then this king had the audacity to say this. What God will be able to rescue you from my hand? That King Nebuchadnezzar had the audacity to say to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Can I say to you that there's some people who you've heard that, and maybe wasn't by a king, but you've heard that same thing whispered in your ear, what God is going to be able to deliver you? What God is going to be able to save your child? What can God do about your marriage? What can God do about your family? What can your God do about your finances? Where is your God at now? What can your God do? Notice their response in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able. Let me hear you shout, he's able. They said, the God that we serve, he is able to deliver us. And notice what it says. And he will deliver us. 
from your majesty's hands. I want you to know this, that God is not only able, he's willing. He's not only able, he's willing. He goes on to say, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Sometimes people get excited because we sing he's able and we start to think he's able. But then in their minds they say, well, I don't know, but is he willing? Yeah, I know he's able, but is he willing? Will he? That's the question. I know, I pastor, I don't doubt that he's able, but will he? Will he deliver me? Will he come through? The three Hebrew children said emphatically, he will deliver us. I wish someone would get in their spirit that God is able and that he's not only willing, but that he has already determined in his heart that he will act on your behalf. I just wish I was preaching to a church who would believe that God would actually act on their behalf because he's going to. Listen to me. He will deliver you. He will provide for me. He will make a way. He will bring me through. He will heal me. He will rescue me. It's a done deal. He will do it. That's what we got to get in our heart. That's what we have to know. He will do it. Notice what they said to the king. They said, he's going to do it. But we've made up our minds that we're not going to bow no matter what. God is looking for some people today who have made up their minds that they're going to trust the Lord and they're going to do what he says no matter what. I'm telling you, he's looking for some people who you just make up your mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter my circumstances. It doesn't matter my situation. I'm going to do what the Lord says. The king was furious with their response. And so he has the furnace turned up seven times hotter. He has the three men bound and cast into the fire. Can I tell you that sometimes in the process, everybody say in the process, in the process, the the temperature gets turned up. You say, well, pastor, you told me he's able, but the furnace is getting a little hotter. Pastor, you told me he's able, but my finances are getting a little lower. Pastor, you told me he's able, but I'm getting a little sicker. I'm getting a little weaker. Well, listen to me. There's times in the midst of the process that they turn the heat up. However, don't worry about it because God is taking care of you. The Bible says that the soldiers who threw them in the fire were the ones who died. They threw them in the fire. It didn't affect them. It didn't touch them. Notice what it says in verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement. And he asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look. I see four walking around in the fire. Who do you think that fourth man was? I want to ask you again. Who do you think that fourth man was? Amen. He is the same one that walks and talks with you in the difficult times. He is the same one who stands by you when you're facing difficulty. He's the same one when everybody else turns their back on you, who when you call out, he's there. He's the one who promises, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Hold steady to my hand. He's the one who calms your storms. He's the one who is there to comfort and encourage you. Unbound and unharmed. Fourth men were walking around the fire. Unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, 
and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, and governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. And they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was not even a smell of smoke on them. Listen to me. They came from the fire, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Now, I'm talking to some people today who the Lord has brought you. Hear me. He's already brought you through the fire. The Lord has already been with you. He's walked with you. When you were in the midst of the difficulty, He walked with you. He stood with you. Not a hair on your head was singed. Your robe wasn't scorched. And you didn't even smell like smoke. As you look back, it's amazing how faithful God has been. I want to say it to you again. It is amazing. It's something how quickly we forget how good God is. I know I'm talking to some people who you were in impossible situations before. Your back was against the wall. You didn't know if you'd make it. You didn't know how you would even possibly survive. I don't mean this as an insult to anybody. Please understand what I'm saying. Because I know that there's the reality of this in people's lives. But there's a lot of Christians who God has brought you through the fire. You've been through it. You've faced it. He's brought you, and it's almost on a spiritual level that you have a spiritual PTSD. You know what I mean? And again, I'm not trying to make light of that, but I want you to understand. God brought you through the fire. You went through difficult times. You didn't think there was any way possible, but you came through not smelling the smoke. Not a hair on your head was singed. Instead of praising God and worshiping him, you know what they do? Oh, well, you know, pastor, I faced some difficult times. Wait a minute. Did God deliver you? Well, yeah, he did. Did he provide for you? Yeah, he did. Did he heal you? Yeah, he did. Did he change the situation? Yeah, he did. What they'll do, though, they live life as if even though God delivered them, even though God did the miraculous, they go around heavy-hearted and weighted down instead of giving God praise. Instead of thanking him, oh, you know, Pastor, a while back I had a hard time. Really? And where was God at? Did he take the day off? Well, no, he was right beside me. Are you still kicking? Well, yeah, I am. Are you stronger? Well, yeah, I am. Has God made a way for you? Well, yeah, he has. And so I want to encourage you in this moment, don't allow the difficulties that you've gone through to be something that keep you captive because you say, well, I faced a difficulty. Yeah, but what did God do? He won the victory. What did God do? He delivered me. What did God do? He provided for me. What did God do? He carried me. Even in the most difficult things, he carried us. So I want to encourage you. I'm going to give you a little therapy. Let's drop it. Let's look at the victory that the Lord has brought. And let's expect him in the future. That the next time I face something, I don't have to become overwhelmed because while I face the difficulty in my life, I can face that with assurances. What's God going to do this time? Notice this. When they threw him in the fire, it didn't do anything to them. But it did kill their enemies. It didn't do anything to them. But the things that held them captive, the ropes that kept them entangled were destroyed. And they came out not even smelling of smoke. But he's not done there yet. God's not done there. Look at how he changes the situation in verse 28. King Nebuchadnezzar, now I want you to hear this. He was the guy who said, if you don't bow down to this golden image, I'm going to throw you into the fire. Look how his attitude changes. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise is to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels 
and rescued his servants. They trusted in him. That is the economy that God works with. Faith. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they be cut to pieces and that their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For there is no other God that can save in this way. Isn't that amazing? The man who had the audacity to say, what God is able to rescue you from my hand, says there's no other God. Who can save in this way? Take your Bibles real quick. I'm going to add something else to you. Ephesians 3. Let's go back there. Not to him who's able. Exceedingly abundantly of all that we could ask or think. But before that, Paul has a prayer for the church at Ephesus. In verse 16, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to do what? To grasp, to get a hold of how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Paul's prayer for the church was that they, as the saints of God, might be able to grasp how wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. As we finish up, I want you to hear me clearly. We serve a God who's able. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you can ask. Some of you have big dreams. He's able to far surpass them. Some of you, have, you've sat and you fantasized. Man, it'd be so cool if God would. Well, friend, he's able to do far beyond anything you can ask. Not only is he able, he's willing. When he finds faith, he acts. Would you stand with me? Can I just ask you to just take a moment? We're going to turn our hearts to the Lord. I'm gonna, we're going to play that song through. And can I just ask you to pour out your heart to the Lord? If there are things that are upon your mind that you say, God, I don't know if you're able Lord, I have a concern. He wants to affirm to you today that he's able to go far beyond anything you could ask. Would you play that song for us?
serve is much bigger than any giant that stands in your way. He's much greater than any sickness or any disease. He's greater than any temptation. He's greater than any power of darkness that would withstand you. The God that we serve is able to do exceedingly abundantly, exponentially more than I could ever even ask or think. And he's on your side and he's with you. So, Father, I pray that the blessing of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I pray, Father, that as we leave this place, that we leave here empowered by the Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that you allow people to break barriers that were never broken before in their lives. I pray that, Lord, that healing those who are sick in body, I pray that as they're walking out the door, I pray that their back, their shoulders, their legs, their knees, their arms would feel better, Lord. I pray those who have people who they have difficulties in relationships, relationships. I pray that this week those people would call them and make things right and that you would restore relationships because the God that we serve is more than able. To you be the glory, to you be the praise today in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you.